Welcome to the Highlander Rewatch Podcast. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. And that's it. It's just the two of us. No aim in here today. That's right. And today we're releasing a special episode. This is our 35th anniversary podcast show that we produced in conjunction with Highlander Heart and the Blood of Kings podcast. And we've got some special guests as well uh, who come on to play a game with us, which is pretty cool. Uh, But we did want to say that there's a contest mentioned in this episode. Uh, And of course, the deadline is passed. So congratulations to the winner of the contest. Uh, And we did not release this episode on our podcast feed it was on our facebook feed but not as a podcast because we didn't want to interrupt the flow of endgame episodes so that that never-ending endgame coverage that's right (laughs) Uh, so we hope everybody enjoys our 35th anniversary coverage it was a lot of fun to do uh, and we hope you enjoy this episode bye see ya highlander was born 35 years ago on movie screens worldwide It is immortal, and not alone. For decades, it has had sequels and series and spin-offs, waiting for the time of the podcast gathering, where the click of a button and recording of opinions will release the power of the fandom. In the end, there can be only five movies, two live-action series, an animated series, an anime, some comic books, and several really good podcasts. I think we should have a party. Welcome to a very special Highlander 35th anniversary show. I'm one of your hosts. My name's Keith, and I am from the Highlander Rewatch podcast, and I'm joined today by my two co-hosts, Kyle and Eamon. And hey. every single week, hey guys, uh, and every single week we uh, take a look at Highlander, the series, and watch it episode by episode, and of course cover all the uh, the, the movies and interviews with the cast and crew, everybody behind the scenes. Uh, but because this is such a monumental episode, I can't just do this with my two co-hosts. Uh, I can't, can't do it alone. Do it alone. <laughs> That's right. So we are joined today. This is the Highlander Super Show. Uh, we are joined by all of the Highlander YouTube and podcasters. Uh, so I'm going to throw it to my other co host uh grant welcome to the show tell hey. us about your uh your show okay so uh so i'm grant and this is my co-host uh joe below me and uh we do the highlander heart show uh it's basically it's an offshoot of our facebook group um and once a month we do a, a youtube show where we interview in the past we've interviewed the directors of uh you know like highlander three highlander four highlander five um <laughs> and we oh, have five you say uh, yeah um <laughs> no such <laughs> thing so many so many aspects of highlander we've managed to cover so far in, in a very short space of time we've do, been doing this for just a little bit less than a year uh from the animated series to the the computer games comic books um and we are always finding out new stuff and it's fantastic so uh we're just having a blast doing it and uh it's uh it's great yeah it, this is yeah. awesome that we can do this together um, so uh, let me pass that over to this guy over here, Mr. <laughs> Kevin Reisel. Thanks. Uh, my name is Kevin. I'm with Blood of Kings Highlander podcast. We release an episode every couple of weeks. Been doing this since 2016. Uh, my original co-founder Norm started it with me, and uh, we cover uh, you know every all things Highlander basically. Uh, anything that we can get our hands on, and we also like to dive into. Uh, stuff that we uh, don't know a lot about, you know, and we kind of uh, get in there and uh, analyze it. And uh, Lee, my co-host joined us a little over a year ago. 
Uh, I like Lee because uh, he knows swords and weapons and uh, he's a martial arts dude and his history is great. <laughs> That's Thank the only sir. thing I like about Lee. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I don't really like much about him either. I liked it better when Norm was on. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not just uh, not just showrunners here, not just hosts. We're also joined by Highlander luminary John Mosby. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> Welcome to the show, John. And you wrote uh, the seminal book on uh, Highlander. One of the seminal books, I guess, now. One of the seminal books. There are a handful of us out there. But yes, it's uh, put us together over many, many years. Uh, thoroughly job, but met all of you guys through Highlander. So yeah, it's been a very positive 35 plus... It feels like 135 years sometimes. <laughs> I don't know when there was a time when you know Highlander wasn't around for me. but Fearful symmetry. Yes. Yep. Very good. So, I'm uh, very afraid of the symmetry. <laughs> so welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, we're very excited because we're going to be talking about uh, everything uh, about Highlander, the original motion picture from its initial inception and release all the way through to today and the impacts it's had and uh, kind of looking forward to the future and what the reboot might look like and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but you might be wondering, why is this episode, if this is the Highlander 35th anniversary, didn't Highlander come out on March 7th, 1986? I mean, said 98, whoops. Uh, <laughs> but what is this episode coming out on April 4th? Uh, Grant, would you like to tell us why April 4th is a significant date in the Highlander universe? Well, this is where we get really geeky. Yeah, okay. and I can't. I I genu I genuinely can't take uh, the uh, the props for this. Uh, this came from Jonathan Melville, uh, who was the author of uh, It's Kind of Magic, the uh, Making of Highlander book. He worked out. The, thank you. He, he worked out the exact day from you know because you see the newspapers in the movie, right? Um, so if you look super closely, you can see dates, and he figured out what date the gathering took place and the date that Connor won the prize when he fought the Kurgan at Silver Cup is today. Ooh, baby. Today's the day. It's prize day. <laughs> prize yeah, day. I love it. That's why you Which, tune in for these types of details. And in case someone was late, what is that date, Grant? <laughs> it's in case somebody was being a real slovenly hack and watched this three days later. You know what? What's today's date? It's a fair point. Thank you. It's April the 4th. <laughs> April Ooh. the 4th. It's a beautiful day for a gathering. It is. That's absolutely. right. A gathering of podcasts. E exactly. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> and later in the show, we're going to be having some more guests join us. We're going to play a pretty cool game, which I'm very excited about. Uh, and also, there are going to be some prizes that you, the listener or viewer, can watch. Uh, so we're going to be teasing those prizes throughout the show. And make sure to tune in to the end of the episode so you find out the rules, deadlines, all that sort of stuff. But you have to stick around so you can hear all the details. Uh, but let's hop into Highlander right now. Uh, let's talk about, like, why is just Highlander so uh, important to us? What's so special about Highlander? I know it's a broad question, but I think everyone has uh, their own individual answers to it, which is pretty cool. Mm. Broad Amen. question, what? more like a broad sword. Oh, oh. I love it. <laughs> uh, Highlander, it's special. I mean, it's just the perfect like blend of like four or five different genres of movies, and it's 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 like fantasy and noir like mixed together in in one film you're like what the devil you say it shouldn't work but it does work so very well with highlander and i, I think the concept is just so like ripe for the picking on on good storytelling immortality uh you know 
what what cross that is to bear it's just it's just a, a hell of a thing i i think too when it comes to highlander the topic of of immortality is what's really important and i think that when you want to see movies about immortality usually you're you're looking at vampire films you know and because that has been the mainstay of immortality for most of our storytelling lives whether it's books or movies and highlander deviated from that in a wonderful way and also took you to these wonderful locations uh and highlighted one of the most beautiful countries in the world scotland and uh just took our imagination with us as well yeah absolutely and i think for me also the thing that drew me in in the very beginning with the visuals the uh the juxtaposition of these flashbacks against this sort of uh you know like vibrant neon new york um and then the juxtaposition of the swords but in modern day um and just yeah and the the visuals of, of russell Marquez's direction and all of that which then carried forward into the movies and you know, and to a, a lot of ways uh, in the series and things like that. The visuals, I think, are a very strong aspect um, of Highland, for sure. I was just really struck by the first time seeing it and then thinking about it over the years that it was, uh, it really kind of highlighted the downside to being immortal. I mean, everybody thinks, oh, I'm immortal. I'm gonna live forever. I'll get to see space travel. I'll get to see this other stuff. And it really showed that other than the fact that they were forced to fight each other and behead each other, that it had personal consequences. You know, you, you what happens when you, you you can't have kids and what happens if you fall in love, that person's not immortal. Uh, and it even extended to, even in your immortal pals, you know, you, 50 years later, they may not be around anymore because they lost to another immortal. So I, I like that whole thing. And then in the midst of all that, you you have him falling in love with someone, you have this love story. And so it gives you the full weight of what is implied by him deciding to be with Brenda and what that would mean uh, for him going forward and for her as well. And so it was just, uh, you know, I hate to use the phrase, it's a kind of magic, but it was, it was kind of a magical story. You know, again, it you know, sword fights, people fighting in swords in an alleyway in modern day New York. What the hell, you know? That's mm -hmm. just great. I mean, so it, it just really had to me a lot of uh, points for for a wide audience, and it was a great story. So awesome. How about uh, you, Lee? To me, uh, really is uh, kind of piggybacking on these guys. The idea of what's possible, um, not only just in terms of the visuals, which. Uh, you know, this type of editing has always been possible. Um, you know, some of this film techniques, obviously the the wire camera, first time uh, using it, but now that's part of our uh, nomenclature. Uh, the way that they set up these shots, you know, the operatic, the two, the one, the, the cowboys, um, and then intercut them to make the fight scenes better instead of just doing a long shot, quick close up for kind of a quip when you got sword to sword and then back. Um, you know, taking uh, Russell McKay's background in uh, making music videos, which you've only got a few minutes to tell a whole story. So he learned those editing tricks. Um, and then, you know, just throwing caution to the wind. Why can't you have a sword fight in Madison Square Garden? Why can't somebody live through all this? And why can't somebody change? I mean, if you look at Connor at the beginning, 
Uh, he's, you know, this kind of Scottish barbarian, you know, he smells of a dung heap and has no knowledge whatsoever of his potential. And then he's showing up wearing Brooks Brothers, at, you know, on this first date, bringing uh, brandy from 1783 and knowing everything about the year, um, you know, that that's the same person, mm-hmm. I think is uh, fascinating and that it's believable that we accept that this is the same person through, you know, the power of the script, the power of the performance, um, and that before this, if you had said, yeah, we're going to have this Scottish barbarian live forever, turn into this really cultured antique dealer, but he's still going to cut a barbarian's head off on top of the silver cup sign. None of this makes sense until you see it and you realize this is possible. I, I echoing everything that everybody's already said, I, I think over the years, the, 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 the films, the TV shows, the, the fiction that I've liked has often, I've liked the the broad fantasy, you know, high concept stuff is great. But the things I've enjoyed the most are the things that marry the mundane with elements of the fantastical. And it sounds easy mm-hmm. to say it, but if you take people, you know, take out the fact of people swishing their swords around and, you know, and the quickening, there's a lot of humanity and characteristics in it, as, you, as it's been said about the, the idea of love, how long does it last? How does morality change? Things that the series that we'll explore later. But that's always, I, I, for me, I can sit there and watch a two-hour uh, spectacle at the cinema, and it's great in the moment, but there's very few of those big special effect things that I will keep revisiting. There's a handful I, uh, that I will, and that's often down to the characterization, the, the other stuff that's, that's ingrained in the mix. I think Highlander was one of the first films for me where I'm going, that's a damn good story. Mm. You know, you can take the fantastic ones, but they're, but they're, they're part of it. They're intrinsic part of it, but it's a character study. It's a character study about a guy who lives a very, very long time and the cost of that. So I think, yeah, that was one of the first films I, uh, and, and pieces of entertainment I came across where I could say, that was, I could watch that again and get something else out of it. I, it wouldn't be just, woo, splash, wee, great. It, there's something at the heart of it. And there weren't a lot of movies. There were, you know, I think we could probably all name a few, but there weren't that many in the, in the 80s uh, and early 90s that didn't just skew to special effects and be done with it. Uh, this was one of the ones for me that that I said, okay, that, there's something there. That whole concept is fascinating, and it and it lasted, you know, with all with everything mm-hmm. that came later. Like the the love story in Highlander is like I think one of the the key elements that like makes the thing sing. And I mean, I know Mr. Lambert, Connor McLeod himself often says that is that's one of his favorite parts about the movie is that is that special love story. And you hear you hear a lot where it's like, oh, I like that movie, but like the love story was like really shoehorned in or whatever. And and Highlander, that's not the case. It's really like integral to the story and they just the actors make you believe it and it's it, it really just, defined the yeah. character of Connor McCloud as well that he yeah. was willing to uh you know live with Heather's live out Heather's life and in and, and love her in all the stages as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well and it sort of makes me think of on the series how it's juxtaposed with Amanda, how he does love her, but he can't spend all of eternity with her. You know, and so like they they break up and they get back together. Um, you know, that I think kind of enriches the story a little bit too. Yeah, I know for me personally, uh, and this this was going to be a question I want to pose to everybody. Uh, I, I had seen this movie initially when I was pretty young, 
And the first thing that struck me about it was those fantastical elements that Joe mentioned, like guys in an alley fighting with trench coats and swords. Like, that's cool. Sign me up as a 12 year old for that. Yeah. But part of the reason that for me, it's like uh, my love of this franchise has lasted so long are the elements that uh, John talked about that like there's sadness and there's heartbreak and there are these these real world things. Uh, and so now now that I'm older, uh, those are kind of my favorite elements of the movie. Uh, so I was curious if anyone's like changed their relationship a bit with the movie as they've gotten older, uh, you know, because um, I'm sure we also all saw it at different points in our lives, which is kind of cool. So did think, anyone see this like when they were a little kid? Uh, was this a too mature movie for them to see? <laughs> you, you know, when it originally came out here in the States, uh, it came, it had a theatrical run, but it was not very long and it didn't hit all theaters. And so it kind of surpassed me uh, living in Southern California. And it wasn't until it hit videotape, which I'm holding here, this, uh, you know, and, and I saw this cover of this guy modern day with a trench coat and a samurai sword or ninja sword at the time. I didn't know. And this is what captured me, and this is how I eventually saw it. And then, of course, it was heavily edited and aired like on HBO or, or regular broadcast television later on. But I was like 17, around 17, I think, 16, 17, when I finally saw it on VHS. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing it um, still the first time I saw it. was It must have been out on VHS not, not very long. I think I was probably about... 13 or 14 um and we just gone on uh and rented it and uh, i was over at a friend's house it was summer and i i just remember i can remember watching it only because i remember at the time not know what the hell was going on like i don't i don't think i was really paying attention um but i clearly remember thinking what has this guy with the long hair got to do with the guy with the short hair like i don't understand who these two people are like why are we seeing this why are we seeing that and then we watched it again afterwards and then it clicked and then from that point on, I was just sold because I loved the idea that exactly like you said, Lee, that he, he, goes, he goes from this, this barbarian, this, uh, this, this completely different look, this completely different person to being this, this other guy. Um, and again, just the, yeah, the visuals, just as, as a correct myself, the visuals are always the thing, like a bit of a hook for me. And I think, yeah, uh, but I clearly remember sort of seeing that then. It was, yeah, it was a pretty cool memory. I think it's true for the film as much as it, is, as it is for the series that came later that I think the makers, the people behind it were genuinely surprised. They thought, oh, you know, this is going to be, as you say, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 year old guys are going to be, oh yeah, they're going to be the key audience. Surprise, you know, you put a love story in there and put the answer and it brought everybody in together. Somebody told me way back during, during the series fandom that very early on, I think it was Gillian Horvath who turned around and, and Donald Letter who turned around and said, people were suddenly surprised that actually there were far more women watching the series than the men. I think it was I think it was probably for the movie. I think there was probably a lot of guys that got, got in to see it, but then you know, their girlfriends and wives suddenly think, Hey, you know, this thing that normally I kind of turn off and, you know, you know to go like, wow, this is actually kind of good. It was one of those first crossover movies that brought more than the expected demographic in, I think. Yeah. Like I, I came in, not to talk about the series too much but i came in with the tv show like so i initially i didn't really like highlander the movie that much because i was like that's not adrian paul that's not duncan mcleod who's this guy and like after you know getting a little older and watching the movie as as an older person like i 
like this is one of my like top you know like cult action type movies like and they they really just nail this thing down to the essence and the, the series is good because it like can really you know sift through some of these issues of like morality and, and what it means to be good or bad or but the the movie just just the first movie just gets it gets it perfect in my opinion yeah yeah i mean i saw it first in high school as a teenager and i saw it in the theater when it came out and it you know i absolutely the sword fights and this you know guy you know he was a bar you know he knew how to fight with a sword back in the past and he's been fighting against this guy this whole time you know that was kind of the initial draw and you know as i got older my my taste in entertainment and continuing to this day to me it always starts with the character if you have compelling characters and have a great arc for them and tell a great story with these characters and have the right people playing them i can forgive a lot in the movie um you know i to me, movies are entertainment. They don't have to necessarily follow real life rules. And this, you know, also comes from being a lifelong comic book reader. Things in comic books wouldn't happen in real life, but you have great story arcs for characters and great stories. And so really, uh, you know, being able to watch this again on videotape, uh, buying it in many, many formats and really analyzing them like, man, this really is just a perfect, like, you know, John said, a perfect character piece. Um, and I think to me, that was kind of lost somewhat in some of the sequels. Um, it comes back around, which is why I'm kind of a fan of some of the sequels that people aren't. But um, yeah, to me, it starts with the characters, um, having them convincingly uh, portrayed uh, and having a great story for them. And this has that in spades. I mean, just the, you know, the fact that I, I was blown away seeing the director's cut of the first Highlander um, finally getting the explanation as to who Rachel was. It's like, oh, it's just a little girl she, he rescued in World War II and became his daughter. It was like, you know, people would, might expect, oh, that was, you know, a previous girlfriend or something like that. It's like, no, it's someone he took under his wing and cared for and took care of. It's like, that was fantastic. So yeah, it starts with the character and this is just got it in spades uh especially the series too really plays that out a lot so yeah for me that that was the huge draw awesome joe you mentioned something that's very interesting i'm going to bounce this question to to grant you mentioned that like these are interesting characters portrayed by like the perfect actor uh but of course highlander might not have looked or seemed the way uh you know it turned out uh so, so there were a lot of alternate casting options uh and grant i know if, if maybe you could just throw out some of the names that were considered for some of the uh what are now like iconic roles in the highlander universe uh, yeah we talk oh, about how it all went well yeah <laughs> no, and, and again we we spoke a little bit about uh, jonathan melville's book uh, kind of magic you'll find some of those in there and some of the stories that came from there but i think the one that stands out the most for me is kurt russell um and sort of always had he's always been the name that people have sort of spoken about uh throughout the years and i think um he would have been an interesting choice for sure i think it would have been a very different movie um if it was kurt russell uh a lot more CB radio usage if, if Kurt Russell. <laughs> Actually, I'll say this. Kurt Russell then, no, but Kurt Russell now, yes, because oh, yeah. him oh, playing yeah. Ego in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, I yeah. could totally see him being Connor now. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah. yeah. I imagine yeah. Connor would have wound up being a bit of a, a bit more of a wisecracking kind of, you know. Yeah. Uh, we would have never have gotten big trouble in Little China if right. Goldie would have if Goldie would have said otherwise. So exactly, yeah. unless Big Trouble in Little China was the sequel that we all deserve to Highlander. <laughs> it works. He's fighting an immortal. Uh, I mean, it could have been. Yeah, uh, true. Yeah, he's a loner. Yep. Let's talk about Christopher Lambert as Jack Burton. How how would that movie? Go? <laughs> in the next dark and stormy night when some yeah. four hundred pound gorilla. <laughs> Grant, it's interesting that you mentioned that like it would be more of a wisecracking character because you do see some of those components of the character like that is a component that is present mm. especially in the modern day connor mm -hmm. character yeah yeah but it's a subtle it's a small part of like what's otherwise kind of a noir hero yeah no absolutely i you, think i think what what lambert brings to it is that that kind of sense of quiet of age that he had it's just you know partly which was a, a sort of a thing that came about because he just couldn't speak english but i think it, there, there's just something in him that you've sensed this kind of this kind of just just quiet like the lion in in the in the, the zoo when he sees the lion and the it's the perfect moment for him because that's exactly what he is he's this this kind of lion but in this sort of quiet kind of honed yeah i, I don't know it's I not explain, but I think yeah. Christoph I think Christoph Lambert's um just learning English for this role actually yeah. worked for the character yeah. because it gave yeah. him this interesting dialect that yeah. was brought up in the film and him and when you say when he says I'm from lots of places you buy it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. No, 100%. Um and I just think, you know, had it been someone like Kurt Russell uh, I just don't think you would have bought that he was 400 odd years old. I think you just kind of like, ah, oh, it's just some, yeah. like. Well, and, and he's too associated with so many other things at that point too. I mean, he was Mr. Disney forever and yeah, uh, the thing and, you know, all the John Carpenter stuff. But I, I, I wanted think... to kind of piggyback off of something uh, that you rewatch guys said uh, years and years ago, I was going to try to find the quote, but I didn't want to listen to all 17 episodes you did on Highlander one. Um, but I brought it up a couple of times on our podcast you pointed out that Connor's not really a hero. He's just the main character of, of the movie. He's, uh, and until we got the director's cut, uh, he, had, he does nothing heroic until he saves Rachel. And right. I always thought that was kind of an interesting take. And, uh, you know, when you were asking how the movies changed, you know, honestly, I started looking at it with different eyes after I listened to your guys' uh, thing on that. What was that, four years ago you guys did that yeah, one? Yeah, it's been four or five years now, yeah. Yeah, but Ooh, wow. uh, yeah, that kind of changed my perspective on uh, Connor McLeod, but uh, oh, wow. I came into them all at the same time. Summer you, of 92, rented both movies, and then the series started. Yeah, you you kind of get the feeling he's trying to avoid conflict and avoid the game, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. I think that's a, a very cool aspect of like the noir uh, element they pick up, which is that you kind of have a, it's not that Connor's a bad guy or anything, but he's just pretty apathetic. And you, like in most noir films, you kind of just follow that character along and they don't really care. <laughs> and, uh, it's interesting. Kind of mythos. And of course, yeah. that's his arc, uh, because at the end, he does get to care and save the girl. So, of course, he does have a moment, which is... Yeah, good. yeah. I think it's already been said that having an actor that didn't have so much baggage, so much reputation, does give that canvas. I mean, it does give whoever they got... A, uh, and I think it probably if they do remake and, uh, Highland, I'd go for the same thing. A face you'll go, I've seen that, but but not like, oh, I expect it to, you know, to be 
one of these like five films they've already made. Having Lambert that that, that people kind of might have seen in Greystoke, but they weren't. Sure. It's like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, Subway, yeah, some, something. But having no real expectation about what he was going to do frees up the production and the actor, I think. And at that, it, it's a career-defining movie or career, you know, giving somebody their break. But yeah, that the fact that you don't have that pressure on you, I think, helps everybody. Mm. As long as you've got the charisma to do with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you have favorite? Mr. Sean Connery in there to give the film some some of that extra. And that's it. You have the mental guy, yeah. the yeah. big name, and the actual hero is the guy that you learn about. You know yeah. Connery. That's great. Well, it's kind of the, Connery. the Superman, the movie kind of uh, sort of uh, template yeah. that they used. You know, effectively getting Marlon Brando in to play his dad and using this practical, you know, unknown Christopher Reeve to play Superman. Star Wars too. Alec Guinness and Mark Hamill. Yeah, 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 very absolutely. true, absolutely. Yeah, you get the yeah. big name, yep, yeah, it works, it works. Yeah, I'm sure without Sean, Sir Sean Connery, this movie would be have a very different feel. It wouldn't have like he he lends all the weight to this movie, like kind of the credibility, right? Yeah, yeah. all these new actors, new directors, but at least like Sean's there, and we know Sean, right? Right, and the Scottishness, yeah. yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, absolutely, and I, we've we've spoken about this before on, on various things, I think, you know, and I think without Sean. We wouldn't have the franchise we have now, I don't think. If you think about it, it wouldn't have had the weight then, and it wouldn't have propelled uh, onto Highlander Two and the series, and you know, for better or worse, with Highlander Two. But you know, you just wouldn't have. It wouldn't have grown in the way that that it has now. So we're very, very lucky that we had Sean for a lot of reasons. And he's great in Highlander Two. I actually think some of his scenes are the most fun in that movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not even close. Agreed. He did do <laughs> so are, are there uh highlander obviously meant a lot to all of us here we are sitting 35 years later podcasting and doing youtube videos about it uh how what what else has it inspired everyone here to kind of to do with their lives whether it be travel or get into historical reenactments or anything like that martial arts uh, who wants to kick us off lee uh, well, uh, it did def definitely get me into martial arts. I ended up a uh, national champion in one martial art, uh, competed in the world championships in another one. Uh, I also moved to Paris for two years, lived on a boat, went to the Sorbonne, which was uh, Tessa's nice. alma mater. Wow. Um, learned several languages and, um, you know, uh, John can attest, you know, small town Iowa is a non-inspiring place. <laughs> and when uh, Highlander oh. came on... To all, to all the people who are in Iowa, I think it's lovely. I don't know what this guy's talking about. I think it's amazing. Imagine you're, imagine you're 13 years old. W without you, we wouldn't have the music man. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I ended up uh, doing a whole lot with my life. And uh, I mean, I still got long hair. I'm wearing cowboy boots today. Uh, you know, I, I've restored three Thunderbirds. <laughs> so I, I'd say the Highlanders had a pretty interesting uh, effect on my life. It's uh, it's had a huge effect on my life. Uh, Highlander is is meant so much more to me now more than ever. Uh, it inspired me to uh, travel to Scotland for the first time to visit Highlander locations, and uh, I am engaged to a wonderful woman by the name of Erin Gill, who I met uh, on Highlander Heart, and uh, she was uh, taking a Highlander uh, tour about three weeks before I was, and I had some innocent questions to ask her. And uh, 
one thing led to another and uh, we met in London and hit it off. And then uh, we ended up going back to uh, Scotland because of Highlander to actually our main priority in 2018 was to go to Scotland and visit Highlander locations, including locations in London. That was our main priority. And uh, we documented it and had a blast. And uh, it meant, it means something so much to us and how we've been able to share that together. Awesome. What was your favorite location you got to see? Uh, you know what? It's it's tough to uh, not say Eileen Dune Castle. You know, it's it's abs- absolutely go- gorgeous. But uh, near Glencoe and the Three Sisters, where uh, Connor and his uh, lovely uh, uh, Heather have their keep, uh, is just absolutely gorgeous. That's that comes in kind of a, a second or third. But our big goal was to find. The Highlander Beach, and uh, with the help of Jonathan Melville in the map that he uh, um, put in the compendium piece, that if you ordered his book early, he showed me that map that uh, the gentleman that that supplied it to him for the book. But unfortunately, it was all in Gaelic, so we couldn't understand it. <laughs> so, with with help with uh, um, uh, Andy Sloan, the location manager uh, for Highlander, as well as Google Maps, we were able to actually find the hidden um, Silver Sands Beach. Some people think they've gone to the beach, but it's actually a little bit further up. But that was the biggest thing, and uh, that was like number two for us right there. Yeah, I assume you raced each other on the beach and like made loving eyes to a deer. I have video of myself running with the spirit of the stag as my lovely fiance filmed it. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Spirit of the stag. That's a that's a plane, is it not? (laughs) Either that or a '90s grunge band. I can't remember. Yeah. (laughs) Which is that? Marshall Bravestar. Yeah. I mean, the the music connection there is strong. I'd say that's one thing that it inspired me to do, certainly, was to listen to more music by uh, people like Queen and, you know, totally. spawn more of a love of that genre of music. Uh, you know, I think a, a lot of the music I listen to today, including some like real nerdy prog rock stuff, would not have started if I would not had an early interest in Queen, just because like the the track the soundtrack to this movie just rules so yeah totally you know speaking of queen like that theme song princes of the universe like you know lots of times i'll tell people that aren't like us and like they they might not really remember what highlander is you say you say i do a highlander podcast they think you're talking about outlander but like sometimes like that theme song for the show and in the movie was just so intense. And one one time I told a guy I did a Highlander podcast and he just goes like, I am immortal. <laughs> and he just like said that to me out of nowhere. And I'm just like, that's some iconic stuff there. That's a good theme song. Yeah. yeah. And then they did the operatic interlude and kind of, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I would say uh, the biggest impact it's had for me is the people that I've met because of it. I mean, for the longest time, I just assumed nobody else knew what Highlander was or watched it. Um, and uh, I worked, I was working, I was working at a place that was a knife store that sold swords and actually sold the Highlander sword in a mall. And one day this gentleman walked in in this long hair, beard, overcoat, and was, you know, struck up a conversation with me about the Highlander sword. Um, and it, it's, 
he was a uh, this gentleman by the name of Rick Billiou, who is uh, sadly no longer with us. Um, but because of him, I found out about the you know the Highlander store. Um, he's like, yeah, here you know, here's all the stuff I bought from it. I bought a lot of things because of him. But when the series was on, we would you know catch the new episode and we would talk about it, watch it together. Um, he introduced me to some of my favorite whiskeys and had a huge, huge, huge impact on my life and, and things that, um, you know, I got into from there. Um, additionally, because of him, I went to my first Highlander convention in Denver and met Grant, whom, you know, was that 25, I don't know, more than that years ago. Absolutely. And it's been, 25 years this year. Yeah. And we've been friends ever since. Uh, you know, there's uh, people I met at that convention I'm still friends with now. And, you know, subsequently and over the years, there's been people that are, oh, you're a Highlander fan. And we, and, you know, it's like, oh, you must be a decent person. And we've become great friends. You know, John, um, you know, you and I, I believe, started talking on some of the old Highlander boards back yeah. in the day. Um, and then reconnected a few years later because of that. So it's um, just the the people that have, made such a difference in my life i can contribute to this one movie i saw on a whim in a theater you know in a small town in north carolina when i was a teenager because i could get in for free because my friend ran the theater and you know i i they're they're literally i mean i'm into you know star wars star trek all that kind of stuff but literally i can say that highlander is not it is responsible for some of my best and strongest friendships and most interesting people I've met out of any other thing in my life. So, you know, that's, that's kept me around. <laughs> awesome. I, I can't think of, of any aspects of my life that it hasn't impacted and sometimes in very subtle ways, you know, it's, it's, it, I'm, I'm not one of those people who, you know, has to, has to own ev absolutely everything of Highland, even though I have a ton of stuff. Um, I'm probably not what a not we would consider, you know, uh, uh, a huge fan. You wouldn't know me, you know, walking down the street, you wouldn't know I was a big Highlander fan. I don't have a tattoo in the middle of my forehead or anything, that, you know, flashing lights. But it was something that from the very start, I enjoyed the film. Then I, as, as Joe was saying, you know, you find the people, you find your, your people. Uh, and you go, oh, you found something like this. Oh, and you got the same thing and you got something different. And suddenly you've got that community feel and one way or another it's impacted everything. It, professionally, um, I, you know, I've, I've written lots about, about Highlander. It helped me, and the first film I ever professionally reviewed was, High, was Highlander 2. Uh, you know, I became editor of Impact. I became, so on a professional level, I became involved with Highlander Worldwide. Uh, and I traveled a lot because of Highlander Worldwide. Um, I met my wife at the Los Angeles convention. It would, it would take years before she came, my wife, and I, you know, I wore her down. But that's, you know, and again, the Highlander connection. When I came to live in the States, and, you know, you go through customs, and it's not quite as you would normally go through customs. You don't just get shuttled through straight away. You get a few more questions. And it was like, well, where did you meet this woman you're going to, you know, you're coming to, it's American, you're coming to take away from us, you Brit person. And, you know, I mentioned Highlander and, you know, I, I mentioned this in the book that, you know, the, the guy, the big burly security guard said, Highlander, do you mean the film or the TV series? Which ones do you like? And I knew I was going to be fine. I knew I was going to be fine because yeah, here was, here was one of us. 
you know, who absolutely got it straight away. And I'd like lots of TV shows. I like lots of films, but Highlander has been the connective tissue through almost every aspect of my life. The people I love and care about, the places I've gone, the jobs I've had, I can trace them all in some way to, to, to a movie that came out, you know, 35 years ago. It's weird, but it's a great level playing field, I think, joins people up across the world, and that's always positive. Yeah. No, you're right, and I agree completely, and, and I'm not dissimilar. Uh, and it, as you know, we kind of have similarities in our uh, mm. uh, jobs and things that we've done as well. But yeah, I mean, I literally, I, if I pull it right down to the very beginning of where all of this started was uh, I was sitting in my flat and I had a copy of a, uh, there was a science fiction magazine in the UK called Starburst. Still running now at the moment, it's just digital, but uh, it's kind of like the UK's version of Starlog, I guess. Um, and there was this little advert in the back for a, a, a fan club or whatever. And at this point, I was you know, a big Star Wars fan, but you know, I uh, didn't think anybody else. So I tried to get, you know, become part of their fan club and it didn't work and whatever, but uh, ended up taking it over myself. And that sort of then took me on to sort of doing these little fanzines. And again, I was like, a, like the only thing I was any good at, at school was art and English. So for me, creating these little kind of like fanzines of Highlander was just like pouring myself into this. Those helped me get my first job at a publishing company in London. Um, I took them along to my uh, interview and showed them. And I got into the kind of graphics department of this kind of big publishing house. I say big, relatively big. The publishing house that created Starburst magazine. So I worked there for a, quite a while in the graphics design department. And then through, and so upstairs at editorial, they were like, oh, this is the Highlander guy. Do you want to add, like, do you want to review the TV series? I'm like, yeah. So I started reviewing the TV series that got me into editorial. I ended up being the editor of a couple of film magazines or, uh, and different kind of things like that. Um, and just through little things like that, it just, I feel like, yeah, that every, every sort of big moment if you kind of look back in your life, little kind of pushes from Highlander, little things that have kind of pushed me on that, in that direction. And it, like John said, a, a lot of ways, it just feels like every, it's just there, sort of little little punctuation marks throughout my life um, of things that have just kind of pushed me to to literally where, yeah, where I am now. And when you discover those other people, that's fantastic. Mm. I mean, Carol Luby ran the Chronicles events in, in the UK, and, I, and yeah. suddenly I'm going, oh my God, there's a few hundred people like me, you <laughs> yeah. know, and but but you know, but better looking. And um, and that that's that used to be, and then it's international. You meet people like Carmel runs Highlander worldwide and suddenly you go there are thousands of people like me um and that's it suddenly you're not it's not just people in you it's not you're not like the only person in the town or, or a couple of people in the town suddenly then it's in the country and then it's the world and suddenly you realize it's something that's joined all these people from you know Wongalpong in Australia to you know Leeds in England to you know to Canada to South Africa to Germany and you suddenly realize oh my god this is this is actually not just a film or a TV series. This is now a community. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. It's it's always had that family feel uh, when I've started to see. I mean, yeah, you can say thousands and millions of fans, but you know the 
when you, when you see all the activity among all of our different Facebook groups or, you know, message boards or forum boards and stuff, it's, it's amazing how close knit we actually all are. And that unity of Highlander fans, when you have, when you meet another Highlander fan or you reconnect with someone at either at a appearance, whether it's a convention or something, it's something extra special about it. Yeah, Hmm. absolutely. One of my best friends from when I was in Paris was a Croatian student who was taking his picture in front of San Julien, uh, which was Darius's church. And uh, he had said something Highlander. And I'm like, oh, I love that show. And uh, we've been friends now for 19 years. Because uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, we're we're both at this little church that you can walk right past and not even notice. Uh, but because that is a, a landmark for us, uh, you know, we've been friends. Yeah. Never see, I never would have seen beautiful Lakeland, Florida, if it wasn't for Highland. <laughs> this is true. Got to get some Mr. Fish. That's right. Got to get that Mr. Fish. Yeah, Kyle, <laughs> Kyle, you mentioned the music, uh, which we definitely have to talk a little bit more about. Uh, but before we get into that, we promised we'd be teasing some of the wonderful prizes uh, that you, the listener or viewer, could be winning. Uh, so right now, I'm going to show you some of the stuff uh, that's included from the Highlander Rewatch podcast. So if you enter this contest, uh, you will be in the running to get these very cool magnets. I don't want to get them too close to my computer. So they break cool. the computer, <laughs> but they're all your favorite characters from the series. We got Duncan, we've got Joe, we've got uh, Mythos, and of course we've got Amanda and a very special warrior, uh, Duncan McLeod. So those yeah. are going to be part of the prize pack along with two other pretty cool things. Uh, if you're a fan of the uh, global smash Highlander or Hamilton, excuse me, you might enjoy <laughs> our Highlander Hamilton t-shirt, uh, which will be pretty cool. Uh, so that will be uh, a black t-shirt. It comes in large. And then finally, uh, we will be sending you a print of our Highlander, the motion picture logo, uh, it's like this. Looks- there it is, uh, drawn by nice. the wonderful artist Eamon and co-host. Uh, so, and this will probably not have the Highlander rewatch logo. It'll just be out. Uh, so those are only three of the things, uh, of the many, many things you can win uh, if you stick around to the end of the episode. Now, Kyle, you mentioned the music as being a kick-ass part of uh, Highlander. And it is, uh, it's quintessential. I can't imagine uh, the movie without the Queen soundtrack. Uh, it's hard to separate the two now uh does everyone out there have like favorite musical moments or queen songs uh we can talk about michael Kamen or uh who did the score or the queen soundtrack yeah well just to i was talking about queen earlier but the michael Kamen component of it i think is really critical like this this not unlike the the movie itself has this blending of the old and new of this transition in styles the fact that the music very seamlessly you know, takes you on that journey, I think is a big part of it. Like that you have this soaring Michael Kamen score that you can then marry to like this absolutely rockin' Queen soundtrack in the present is pretty critical. And the fact that they sometimes switch, that you get the orchestral music in the present and occasionally get the, the Queen songs in the past, like really helps create this interesting timeline that I think really is core to what makes Highlander Highlander. Yeah. Absolutely, I agree. I think not enough not enough is said about Michael Kamen's score. Um, I just no. adore it. The, the the theme, the Highlander theme, uh, just I find myself humming it in my head sometimes just for mm-hmm. no apparent reason. Um, it's wonderful. And the, the montage that happens, it's incredible. Yeah. Like that that montage yeah. wouldn't be what it is without the, the score there, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I and mean, he scored like probably three maybe of my top five movies of all time. So I think I love Kamen. I think he's, he's great. But yeah, he did a fantastic job. 
And I think well, just that musical note when they do the first big flashback to Scotland, I think without that, you don't have as successful a transition hmm. between time periods because like you just normal place, you know, maybe a little bit fancier and then suddenly and yeah. you're just, you know, you're on the bridge, you know, in this year of our Lord 13, whatever it is, uh, bring victory to the Clan McLeod and it's swelling, but it's not just Scottish and it's not a rehash of Beethoven or Chopin or something that John Williams did. Uh, it really does give uh, as much an audio language as uh, visual. Uh, there, I think there's something really important regarding the music here. I think that if we don't have a combination of Michael Kamen and Queen, especially with Queen being in, you know, the famous story that we, we learn about where Queen sees the cut of the film and then they're, they're going home and writing new music for it, you know, because of how they feel about it. You know, when you look at the classic music of the original Star Wars film, a lot, there's a nickname going around that John Williams gave the oxygen to Star Wars. Mm -hmm. If we didn't have that music, the movie would not be where it is now. Let's be honest. And I think you can pretty much almost say the same for Highlander. If we don't get Queen and that wonderful Michael Kamen soundtrack, it is not the same movie. And the, the, the Queen songs have outlived so many people and will outlive us uh, along mm. with that awesome score and it is just made a great companion to the film yeah i mean yeah. i don't think another rock band could match the tonal style of a historical drama or you know fantasy yeah. movie you know well, maybe led zeppelin or pink floyd but i, I don't think it would have had the same tone i mean who wants to live forever when that song hits it's like my god it just kind of sets the tone for the burden that these immortals have to live yeah well just i mean back in the 80s it was the thing to like hey listen we got journey to do the main song for our movie or we've got this band that everyone loves to do this song for our movie that'll be bring people in and it seemed like we've this got was... vanilla ice to do the turtle rap we're like yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly and it seemed like this was i don't know if this was the first time ever but it seemed like you know, Queen was invested in, uh, you know, making songs that were pertinent to the movie that actually had meaning to what was going on in the movie. And then the fact that, you know, Cayman would do stuff like have this orchestral swelling of who wants to live forever at key scenes and other key like musical pieces worked into his score was, was amazing. And it was like, okay, so it isn't just a token like, hey, look what band we got. It was, this actually means something to the movie. And I do think that was lost going forward. I love Stuart Copeland's score for Highlander too. And I did like the little callback, you know, when the uh, older Connor's in the, the diner and he drops, you know, the coin in the, in the, in the jukebox and a kind of magic starts and he kind of does a double take and a mm -hmm. smile. But it was like, that to me was like, great that's a nice little acknowledgement but where's the rest of the uh, queen songs for this movie <laughs> mm -hmm. right so uh, and then so you know obviously that was lost in the rest of the sequels and it was you know uh, <coughs> it was a token of how important queen was that they did use princes of the universe for the main theme for the uh, for the series i mean you know and i don't think you so. don't you, i don't think you could think of any but it's been said i don't think you could think of any other band i mean it's now so synonymous You've got a, as, as also being said, 
they invested in it. Plus, it's so the result is so good. I remember years ago when when CSI was uh, was first broadcast in the UK, they didn't have the rights to have the you know, <laughs> the, 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 you know the, the who right. Um, and so they didn't. They used a different one, and everybody was kind of scratching their head because by that point, CSI had been around you know for like six or seven months in the in the US, and people were kind of going, "What fresh hell is this?" <laughs> um, you know, it's because it became so synonymous with that. With Highlander, yeah. It, now we can't think of it as as anything else other than Queen, but equally, Queen was so good at the time; they were part of the DNA of it. So that would definitely, I mean, it's one of the big films that I would always point to saying music makes the film it, and film makes the music. It's absolutely coming together. Well, there's a musical missed opportunity with the Highlander film that I lament to this day. My favorite band in the world, bar none, is Marillion. They're a British band. They've been around forever. And initially they were <clears throat> offered to do the soundtrack for the Highlander film. Ooh. In fact, their lead singer at the time, Fish, Fish. Yeah. was going to be going to have a role in the movie and because they were on tour and relentlessly on tour their management said no you can't take a break you need to keep touring for this album it's your biggest album ever you got to keep going you can't take a break to do this soundtrack or be in this movie and so it then went to queen which i mean obviously we're all happy about but as a marillion fan i'm like oh if only that would have been just amazing but you know I, i'm very pleased with what we got so Absolutely. well the, the funny thing about queen is one of the biggest bands of all time like everybody yeah. knows queen you go to any bar any day of the week if you put that on people will sing it but like highlander fans have like a little special part of queen that's all theirs and i i think that's mm -hmm. really cool that one of my favorite things to do is to explain to people that the the, the the songs they've been listening to for years are Highlander songs. And they're like, what? Don't say, what? That's not about, you know, it's about Highlander. Listen to the lyric. Yeah. Right. And, then, <laughs> and music in itself, I mean, obviously part of the, the series as well, but music has been part of Highlander beyond just the first film. Yeah. You know, actors have come in. There's been this kind of kudos within the rock community, the TV series got so many people. Roger Daltrey, you know, I mean, yes. if you've got Queen doing the original soundtrack and you can boast Roger Daltrey, uh, you know, for, from the TV series, you've got members of the biggest bands in the history of modern music. And that mm -hmm. doesn't happen by accident. There is that kind of uh, kind of attraction to it. They're fascinated by everything that Highlander throws up because Highlander throws up all the stuff that makes good songs. Yeah, yeah definitely. One of my favorite things, uh, about Highlander is also like, it has permeated the culture. I mean, so many people know there can be only one. And most of those people probably have never even seen Highlander. Uh, but one yeah. of my other favorite ways that Highlander like permeated uh, the culture is the New Line Cinema theme song, which yes. of course is just a few notes from the Highlander theme and they're beautiful notes. Like when the theme comes in, it's just these shimmering little violins and it swells and swells. Uh, but every VHS that I would watch as a kid and young adult uh, that was from New Line Cinema opened basically with the Highlander theme. And I always thought that was the coolest. Like every time I watch another movie, I'm reminded of my favorite movie, so. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. 
<laughs> yeah. Kevin, uh, why don't you tell uh, the listeners what awesome other stuff they can win from the Blood of Kings podcast? Oh, we've got a few things for you. First of all, uh, we got this great Blood of Kings lanyard to, you know, to uh, hang any awesome badge that you might have, maybe some work ID or something like that. Uh, One of the things that we like to celebrate at Blood of Kings also is the other uh, favorite weapon of immortals when they're disarmed, and that is the iron pipe. So we have an official iron pipe patch that we're going to throw in the uh, gift pack as well. We can also, you can also get this on our uh, T public store as well if you search for blood of kings on T public but last but not least we've got also the 30th anniversary highlander blu-ray edition but with the cool retro vhs slip cover uh which is very cool and if you look at this too it says like two evening rental and says staff pick on it and stuff like that. These were part of a limited edition that came out a few years ago for several movies they released, but it it is the uh, Highlander 30th anniversary Blu-ray release. That will also come in the pack as well. That's nice. So if you, that, if you that, that Blu-ray is turning five. It's about to go to kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that Blu-ray still works for the 35th anniversary, correct? It'll yeah, it's not busted. Okay, it's good. That's good. <laughs> So if you haven't seen Highlander one and you're listening to this for some reason, you can uh, <laughs> That's right. there you watch go. it. This isn't seen no warrior princess. What happened? Yeah. yeah what? <laughs> I thought this was Outlander. Damn. Uh, this might be a good moment <laughs> to talk about uh, the future of Highlander. Uh, you know, 35 years later, where does everyone in this group see the, the film franchise going? They are talking about a reboot with Chad Slesky from the John Wick films. Uh, what to you makes a good Highlander film and what do you want to see in this film? Where do you want them to go? What swords do you want them to use? What flashbacks do you want? Uh, lay it on us. Let's give, let's get a, a lightsaber, Highlander lightsaber. There we go. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, one of the most important things is I would love it to be set in, you know, like current day time here because there's certain things that we would like to see them address especially social media cameras everywhere how would immortals live during this time that would be fascinating i hope that they uh, address and throw in the world of the watchers that we were introduced uh in the tv series that would be really nice to you know know why we know that uh, immortals have been around for so long but more importantly go back to go back to scotland you definitely need to do that if you're going to call it Highlander. And it's also very important that you have, you continue the love story. You continue something like that with our lead. And I would love to see a female lead as well, whether they're either, you know, the, the, the main immortal or another female immortal of some sort uh, be uh, thrown in the mix. I want that rumored uh, Ryan Reynolds, as uh highlander and uh tom cruise as ramirez that's i'm still <laughs> shooting for that all right uh, <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd watch that i'd watch that i'd, I'd watch it yeah <laughs> I, who doesn't want to see ryan reynolds in a kilt you know the more i'm watching the more i think uh i want to see like a limited um streaming series rather than a, a set of films uh because it's it's a great format for something like this, you know. Try to get four hundred years worth of some guy's history in in two hours. I mean, they did it once, and all you can do is kind of rehash those notes. But you could have a huge story, um, and you could have multiple stories. It wouldn't have to just be the Highlander. You could have Mythos. You could have Kurgan. You could have uh, you know all these great characters that we've come to know, and 
you could even do a thing where you build them up and then suddenly you find out why they're enemies uh, you know and now you have this you know great rivalry and maybe you like both characters uh, you know I think of the movie uh, the most recent movie Rush with uh, Thor and uh, Baron Zemo I'm forgetting their real names but uh, you're actually rooting for both of them so if you could set up two really good characters understand why they hate each other and then get them to fight I think that's better drama than uh, this guy's a bad guy and I'm a good guy so I have to kill him and I think uh, with streaming setting up uh, and with what Highlander the series already did, I think you got a really good option for narrative there. I was thinking, like, how cool would it be? You remember when Game of Thrones was like at the top before its mm-hmm. last season, which we won't talk about here, but like people would like gather to watch the episode as it aired. Like that would be so cool if it was Highlander that people were like gathering up. Make to- it destination TV like they've been doing yeah. with Disney Plus and Mandalorian and yep. the MC stuff. Yeah. And even if it doesn't start as a series, I think a, you know, a movie could be a great jumping off point. I think that's definitely something we're still looking towards with Chad Stileski. Um, and I think he's the perfect person to do this as well, mm. by the way. I think just if you even if you look at John Wick, John Wick is Highlander anyway. Uh, there's so yeah. many beats and notes in that that, 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 that resonate with the, the Highlander story. Um, I think the way things are, yeah, the way things are formatted now, you know, even just this weekend, sitting there watching uh, Snyder's Justice League and then watching the Disney Plus shows, Falcon Winter Soldier, you just see how everything is changing. The landscape is changing. And you can easily go from, you know, creating a, a movie and then just jump into a sort of a long form TV series based off of that, especially if they, as we said, if they do what they uh, did with the previous movie, you know, if you have a relative unknown that you can afford to have for a, a series, um, you know, your mentor's dead, so you don't have to pay him for the series. And then you just kind of just sort of run into this. And like you say, Lee, just expand it out and, and you know, and for the, for the love of God, at the end of the first movie, don't call it the end. It's not the end. Just leave yeah. it open. <laughs> well, the, I mean, X, the X factor is Chad Stelheski. Can you imagine seeing some final duel yeah. shot in his style that he's been be able nuts. to uh, do with John Wick? Can you just imagine that? I just... And you were talking about like you know Game of Thrones. I mean, the big think about it. The big, well, who was the biggest name in Game of Thrones when it started? Sean Bean. Sean Bean. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, sorry for spoilers for any. It's not really a spoiler because Sean Bean's in it and he dies, which is pretty much true of everything. Yeah, well, and I read the book in like '97, so I was keeping that secret yeah. so, the whole season. Yeah, so I mean, on that level, you've got somebody, somebody, you know, somewhere is pitching that they have to be because H because Game of Thrones changed the landscape, yeah. and if people are saying, well, is the you know what about the concept? I just point to them and say, okay, feature film wise, a year ago, The Old Guard was the best Highlander film that I've seen in several years. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not Highlander, but it mm-hmm. might as well, that, you know, for, you could easily, somebody with superior editing abilities could take the old garden, turn it into a Highlander movie very easily by just taking a couple of references out. It yeah. proves the concept to a modern audience. The mm-hmm. format is proven by HBO. Disney Plus is, is running, as, as Grant said, you know, we've got simultaneously movies and TV series. If if you can't if you, if you can't get somebody to green light something in that to do with Highlander in the next few years, then I don't think it will ever happen because right now, surely in one of these formats, I mean I know there's legalities, I know there's you know being counters and paperwork and everything, but on a creative level, right now is the perfect time for somebody to green light it because 
everything has lined up. Everything is proven. You know, there's there's a, there's a fandom that exists. There's a huge new potential audience. There's people who have liked things that are like this. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's not made in the, if if there isn't some forward momentum in the next year and a half, COVID aside, um, I I would suggest it will never happen. Um, I hope that I hope I hope it does. I think right now, COVID notwithstanding, is the best time and the best opportunity Highlander has had in a decade. Oh yeah, yeah. I I have a probably fairly unpopular opinion. Um, my so my thing with all things like remake. Um, if if you're not going to continue what went before, and I, I think arguably you can't do that with Highlander with the same characters because everyone is aged, unlike their characters. If you if this is truly going to be, we're going to restart this from the ground up. To me, you can't you can't try to recreate what happened before because that already exists, and you know a copy of something isn't necessarily going to be as good as the original. You've got to do something different. So what I would like to see, whether it's a series or a movie, that they keep the essence of the story, the mythology, uh, the parts of it that you know really resonate with everyone. I mean, I think we can agree on some of the cornerstones of that. But do tell me, tell me something different with that. I don't want to just see well, hey, it's the the first movie again, except we left it open-ended and now we're going to do a series. It's like, well, I saw that. I I mm-hmm. can go see that anytime. I want want you to give me something different for, for a new audience. And, you know, I, I know people are protective of the things they love. You know, same thing with, you know, Star Wars. It's like, you know, I, I wanted to see, even in that they were continuing the story, do something different with, the sequel trilogy don't give us the same movies we've seen well we got to fight the empire and oh look we won you know do something different with it that's why you know mandalorian i think is resonating well because it's like still familiar territory except it's something different and that's not a remake it's a you know still a continuation but even more so with remakes say something different do something different with it otherwise i don't see the point in doing it we have the original we have the series we don't need that redone better or whatever you know so it's like the lord of the rings thing they're talking you know the, the, the yeah. tv series and stuff yeah. like that part of me is going i'm sure it will be spectacular but you know right. i've seen spectacular right. if you right. have it if it's you know if it's in 26d instead of 4d <laughs> you know i'm i'm okay, that's not the big thing for me. Let's have something else. We've done that. I really liked it. It was good. It won Oscars. Something else now. So yeah, if if you're going to do Highlander, it's got to be take what works and do something with the core concept. Don't be a slave to continuity. Well, I think a good starting off point would be, uh, you know, as examples, like the episodes uh, Littleton God and uh, Modern Prometheus, where there is an effect on the real world by immortals you know i mean you have you know the invention of science fiction with mary shelley witnessing um hans kirshner being killed and then you have like this religion based around um immortals Mm -hmm. and like the way that it would interweave with actual history um you know i think that they started with darius and then didn't pay off because his history actually represents kind of the history of paris uh they 
decapitated uh, St. Dennis at the at the gates of the city and uh, the Romans stopped. And uh, that was, that's in history. And, you know, I went on about it on another episode a long time ago, but you can have the interweaving in a way that mortals like ourselves don't know uh, with actual history. history. Yeah. yeah. So get the historians in and also get the guy that did the fight choreography for the old guard. Because when uh, they got Charlize Theron, she's using techniques across centuries from, you know, modern firearms techniques to classical fencing to some, you know, very uh, cool kind of gladiator style movement. Like that's, that's not just somebody like I did karate today. That's somebody that has created a synthesis of a system. And I'm sure Chad will pay special attention to that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, know there was, I, I, know there's lot, I know there's not a lot of competition, bearing in mind for 2020, but The Old Guard was one of my films of last year, just on a pure enjoyment level. I think oh, it was yeah. Like, yeah. Was it was it 2019? I've lost all track of time, but that was one of my favorites for a long time. Just it was yeah. just like just just popcorn. This is great. This is fantastic. Yeah, that's great. An interesting little side note about that. I heard a rumor that because you know if you know your kind of reboot history, you'll know that one of the directors associated with the movie was uh, Cedric Nicholas Tryan, who directed mm. the sequel to uh, Snow White and the Huntsman. Uh, I think it was just called The Huntsman: Winter's War, mm -hmm. or something like that, with Charlize Theron. Um, I heard a rumor that he was talking to her at the time when he was writing his script for the reboot, um, that she was going to play Roman Reyes. And I think that may have had something to do with her choices for choosing or finding, I can't remember, she may have been a producer on the old guard, uh, for finding that project. Um, Interesting. So there is a Highlander link there. Even more I'd, watch, I'd watch Charlize Theron in anything. Um, yeah. No, I, 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 no, no apologies. But it's, uh, but yeah, in many ways, if you think about it, she is the Ramirez of the old guard. So we had, we had, yeah, yeah, we had a fun podcast on Bloody Kings covering that film, and we we went went deep into that, and we we had to, we had to cover that movie and compare it with with Highlander. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah, and I'd say that's like the the starting point. If you can't beat the old guard, don't make another Highlander. Yeah, because uh, I mean they really threw it down, you know. Uh, yeah. I think you you're the one that said it, John. It's the best Highlander movie we've had since yeah. the first one. And it's weird it's watching it. I, I I I years ago, several years ago, I kind of just doodled on a page how I would do it. We've all probably done it. How if somebody came to us and said, "Hey, we've just had you know it's a great thing. We're going to give you all the you know the, the creative concept." I have to say, without any you know, claim or apology and stuff like that, about half the notes that I just scribbled down are in the old guard. You know, I'm no, no lawsuits or anything, but it was just like, yeah, I just the beats. I'm going, I you know, I was thinking like modern warfare. You know, the whole thing. There was so many. There was two or three scenes where I went, you know, that's so close to to, to the way I'd have done it. Uh, you know, which means very little. But it's, but yeah. So it, I think it modernized Highlander. Uh, or the whole Highlander concept in a way that it's just like, oh God. In some ways, I really wish it hadn't been made. I just wish they'd made a Highlander movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what you're saying is, is true. The, the big thing you said that is very important is modernizing Highlander. And as much as we say we want something new, if, if it is simply a case of creating a reboot, I think there is still a reason for doing that because as we're all here, it's 35 years ago and things have changed a lot. Filmmaking has changed a lot. My elder two kids have seen Highlander now and they were like, yeah, I'm sure it's great at the time. Like they, it, it's kind of, it, it was very much of its time. And uh, you know, everyone loves a bit of eighties retro, but at the same time, we love Highlander and we, you know, I'm sure all want 
generations ahead to, to love Highlander. And I think for that to happen, I think that there has to be a modernization of the franchise. Um, and I, that's why I've always been behind uh, the reboot. And again, we're talking about Chad, he's the perfect person to do that. Um, if anybody's gonna make a, a Highlander movie that is better than the old guard, it's gonna be Chad Stokes. And there's one opportunity that, I, that uh, my wife and I, Jill and I were watching uh, the It uh, movies mm. uh, months or so ago. And the wonderful thing about it is obviously the miniseries switches back to what the 1950s or 60s the remake switches back you know the flashbacks yeah. are that around the time the original movie was made there yeah. is a wonderful flashback opportunity to be set yeah. around 1986 i mean yeah. there's so many jokes there you that go yeah legitimately could be done <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely yeah nice little callback would be amazing and we get uh, Cardi B and Megan the Stallion to do the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> I'd, I'd watch yeah. that. I'm not gonna lie. I would watch that movie. Yeah. <laughs> There's a video well, of like. Chris I'm not. Ra- I'm not rating your chances in this quiz. We're gonna have. If that's, yeah. right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So. Uh, as is tradition on the Highlander Rewatch podcast, we're going to play a little quiz. Uh, but before we hop to the quiz, uh, Grant, how about you show the listeners uh, what they can win uh, from the <laughs> Highlander Harp uh, YouTube okay. show? Okay. Well, look, this I is mean, a great blast from the past. It is. A, it is a blast from the past. Uh, we don't. We don't have much here at Highlander Harp, but what we do have is the uh, six issues of the fanzine that I created twenty-five some years ago. Dude. Um, there were not that many of these made. I mean, I used to have to go to the like the photocopy shop and have them printed, and then staple them all together. And then I think I even had to like cut the cut some of them later on and things. And and there's all sorts of like I had to hand scan the pictures, and and these were all like laid out and so. Did you use the long stapler? Did you use like one of yeah, those? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I've still got it, right, um, from doing it. But I mean, like I said before, these these things are just full of me just pouring my geek into them. And so I have very few copies left of this now. And uh, basically what you'll be winning is the only other copy of these that I have other than the ones I own. And then that's it, I'm, I'm done. I don't have any more left. Um, mm. So yeah, you can get this little kind of little bit of- how many, issue, how many issues are there? I've got six issues here. There were nice. eight made um, at the time, uh, but uh, the other two were made by uh, Rob, um, but he, uh, I only have two copies of that. I don't have spares. So you can't have those, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping them, but uh, yeah, there's six copies. And the, the, the last one that I put together was, uh, we just got up to the hundredth episode. That's that's kind of how old these are. Mm, and I've awesome. gone to color on the cover. It cost me a fortune, but I didn't care. Um, <laughs> And we'd, we'd, we'd called out to all of the members. We had about 100 members worldwide at the time. Uh, and we got them to rate them and I collated all of the ratings. So each episode has uh, ratings based on kind of the collation of what everybody said and things like that. Like I said, just, just geek central, but I love it every minute. <laughs> That's so cool. Great. Well, make sure you, That's everyone sticks. Right. Uh, everyone stick around to the end of the episode to find out how you can win uh, these prizes. Also, there's going to be two more prizes we're going to announce at the end of the show. Uh, it's been really great talking uh, about Highlander with everybody here, uh, but there's only one real way to settle the score, uh, which is with a Highlander game. So you guys ready to go head to head? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. It could be only one. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, everyone. So it would not be an anniversary special without something a little bit fun, without some special guests, and dare I say, perhaps even a game. So here's what we are going to do. We are going to have a show v. show showdown between the various casts assembled here, but we can't do it alone. We've got some special guests here who are going to bring their unique mix of Highlander knowledge to it. And I'm going to bring out our first ringer right now. I'm talking about the laser turtle himself, the man who knows all there is to know about the format. I'm talking about you <laughs> and McNulty. Oh, yes. thank you so much Welcome. for joining us. How are you feeling about this anniversary? It's great. It's uh, I always feel a strange connection because it's also my 35th anniversary. Oh, wow, <laughs> as uh, it you don't, as like in, I'm 35 this year, so okay. I would say you don't look like you've been married for 35 years. No. I don't know. British people seem to have good genes sometimes. I don't get it. He could be a Highlander. That's also true. true, true. true. <laughs> but uh, you are not our only special guest here today. It is going to be Laserdisc versus Book. Whoever wins, we lose. I'm talking about Jonathan Melville, the, the author of It's a Kind of Magic, the making of the original Highlander. Mr. Melville, welcome to the show. Hey. Thanks welcome. for having me. I'm in this book here. I was, oh, was going to leave right. it here for the rest of the episode, just like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on sale can, now. Can people find that somewhere? Just asking for a friend. <laughs> Maybe on, on Amazon or something like that, yeah. <laughs> something like that, a nice uh, place you could give it a, a, a look. How are you feeling about this anniversary special? Um, very excited. This is the most exciting anniversary special I've ever been part of. <laughs> wow. really, I shouldn't be asking about the special. I should be asking about the anniversary. That's like that's what people care about. No one cares about this. Um, well, I mean, the thirtieth anniversary was incredible because I got to meet Mr. Clancy Brown. But hey, this is even better because I get to meet all you guys. So yeah, what a good American large. dudes from around the world, or a uh, movie star. I, I yeah. see why you like us better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's Lex Luthor himself. <laughs> but there's there there the rules of Highlander do not apply to books. There can be more than one book. We in <laughs> fact have book v book Dawn of Justice. Because also in the house today we have the author of Fearful Symmetry, the essential guide to all things Highlander. I'm talking about John Mosby, Highlander Luminary. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Welcome. Hello. Oh, what a fine-looking group of fellows. <laughs> I hope you've been studying up because uh, some of these questions might be hard. Actually, you know what? I don't think they are that difficult, but your Highlander knowledge will come in key. Now, I should have mentioned this at the uh, beginning. I should have told you what teams you're joining, of course, and that is to, to kick it off. Ewan, you are joining our friends over at Highlander Heart. Woo! <laughs> All right. And uh, Jonathan, I'm sorry to rain on your parade, but you are stuck with the goons over at Highlander Rewatched. Oh, uh, okay. so sorry. Yeah. We'll do our best. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. What's, what's important is that you have fun. Uh, <laughs> and last but certainly not least, 
Mr. Mosby, you will be teaming up with our friends over at Blood of Kings. You know, hey, we survive Lake Lakeland together. We'll be good. <laughs> oh boy! And we yeah. go to the same barber, so yeah. <laughs> barely survive Lakeland. I would like to get some of that Mister Fish again, though. I tell you that much right now. This is the highlight. Yeah, as many times I've it? heard you guys talk about it, I need to go down there and try it. Yeah, you got to go, baby. Get that fish. Who <laughs> The first game we are going to play today. If there's one thing that Highlander fans love, they love the merch. They love the, <laughs> they love the uh, the branding. They love wearing their fandom and showing it off to the world. So we are going to play a little game that I am dubbing the Catalog Apocalypse. Ooh. So we are going to be looking at actual items from the Highlander catalog. This is from a combination of the 1999 and 2000 or excuse me and year 2000 highlander catalogs and you're going to be trying to guess the price for these items in 2000 1999 dollars as the case may be oh baby party like it's 1999 yeah no prices right rules none of that nonsense you're just trying to get as close as you can if you go over no one's going to punish you canadian denim is that in there? Please say yes. <laughs> I, I thought we were getting punishments. Yes. This is all punishments all the time. All so right. our first I'll, I'll dole them out later in your nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you think. Ooh. Uh, our first round, I'm going to be listening guesses from Keith, Grant, and Kevin, but you can whisper back to your team for, for, for little hints here and there. Are you ready to see our first item? Are we ready to do yes, this? Yes, please. All right. Let's do this. All right. It, we wouldn't be going back in time and honoring the 80s if we weren't talking about a VHS. So here we go. We are talking about the original director's cut on VHS. When Davis Panzer hired Russell Mulcahy, founding member of the MTV Hall of Fame to direct the original Highlander movie, they knew they'd be getting an unconventional film. But when they delivered it to the U.S. distributors in 1986, the suits told them it was too bizarre for American audience. The brass demanded cuts be made. That's right. Ooh. You're trying to figure out what the price is of this item. Cuts and all. It has eight minutes of never-before-seen footage. Wow. Keith, Rocket, kick us off here. In 1999, what would you pay for this lovely Highlander director's cut? Well, uh, I figure most VHSs around the time, they're priced to own around maybe 19 or $20, but this does have eight minutes of never-before-seen footage, which is additional, and I expect to pay for it. So I'm going to guess $25. 25 Ooh. Good answer. Good answer. $25. Grant, Reppin' Team Highlander Heart, what do you think this one's going to be? I bought this in Denver. <laughs> oh, anniversary. Keep to win. Uh, I have it up on my shelf there. But I'm going to say uh, $28.99. $28.99. Pro move with the 99 I know. That's like some marketing shiz right there. It's one shy of 29 mm. All right. And uh, <laughs> uh, throwing it over to Kevin. Give me a guess from, uh, from Team Blood of Kings. You know, Lee, when we were uh, doing one of our shows for the uh, the merch, I want to say I was going to say twenty four ninety nine. 
because most of these are running around 1999 uh that, would be that sounds kind. right I, I remember paying 34 at suncoast and i'm pretty sure you paid but they always they always raise to, the prices uh, the catalogs. I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm gonna go 24.99 uh the oh, actual retail price that's what i'm gonna go for i'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you buddy okay Suncoast video where you could buy three episodes of Dragon Ball Z on a tape for five thousand dollars, <laughs> <laughs> and we all did. Yeah. Oh, oh, I am loving this cutthroat prices right play with the twenty four ninety nine against the twenty five dollar bid. That is a point for Team Blood of Kings and John. Oh, yeah. The actual price was a bargain of nineteen ninety five. Whoa. Wow! All right, but standard price. I thought it'd be higher. Yeah. Oh, I think wow, Grant, you got nuts. screwed at the Denver oh, convention. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, now, did you buy one of these catalogs? Was at a reasonable price? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's insane. insane. <laughs> Grant, did you buy that at the convention, or was like somebody selling them like outside? Like, <laughs> no, no, we. Uh, I was I was there with uh, with Rob from Scotland, and we uh, we walked through Denver. I, I feel like we took our life in our hands and we found uh, some shop somewhere. We like just walked for ages trying to find somewhere to buy stuff. We found a video store. Nice. Um, and so we bought it there. So how did it work with the commentary? Did they have two two copies of the film then on the on the tape? No. That's no. A good did, it, did it list the yeah, commentary there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Producers, producers, yeah. commentary and director. Was it a two VHS tape thing? No, it was just one. I mean, Titanic. One. I've never Titanic watched it. It's American format. But... <laughs> if only it was a laser disc. Am I right, Ewan? <laughs> <laughs> if only. <laughs> hey, I have a laser disc. That, that's all I that. I never, I couldn't play it because I didn't have a player. But still, I, I owned it. <laughs> oh, there you go. There it is. And it's 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 a beautiful one. Kevin has it. Ah, there you go. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, that is one point for the uh, the Blood of Kings team, but don't worry, we still got some more chances to come back because we're moving on to our next item. This one we're doing a special we're doing a special modifier here because uh, you know I know uh, Ewan and Jonathan, you're joining us from the UK. Uh, John Mosby, I don't know if you uh, still track the, the price of Great British Pounds, but about we converted <laughs> this one to a price in pounds to Ooh. help utilize Whoa, what a Ooh. twist. Yeah, we're talking, this is currency rewatched here, and we are talking about the Highlander postcard series. Wow. I'm sure everyone can, can see these up here. You know, we got seven cool ones to choose choose from but it'll be difficult to send these exquisite postcards away but no one will ignore your treasured message each set is eight brilliant collection of scenes from highlander on the reverse is ample room for your message and mailing information <laughs> wow love it ample room <laughs> <laughs> so mr melville Actually, you know what? The Highlander rewatch team had to go first. So, Ewan, you're going to guess first this time. We're doing it in yeah. Great British Pounds, remembering that there is room for your message on the back. <laughs> ample room. Ample. Ample room. How many pounds I'm selling short. for this yeah. postcard series? Eesh. <laughs> mm. Remember, I have no idea. Uh, 
gonna just say something like seventeen pounds. Seventeen Ooh. pounds. That's there you go. like that's two babies being born in pounds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got seventeen pounds in. Mr. Mosby, any thoughts? What would you pay for this glorious Highlander postcard series? I'm gonna say less than that. Um, I'm doing something doing in pounds, correct? Not not dollars. Um, yes, sir. You're giving it in pounds. Oh, I didn't notice the sale. Yeah, I'm, yeah, same. I'm, I'm ah, desperately looking curses. at the sale going, can I work this out? Yeah. I say nine pounds and 97 pence. Oh, nine pounds. All right. The pence. Good choice on the pence. <laughs> All right. One guest left. Mr. Melville. I'm going to go for eleven pounds ninety-nine pence. There you go. <laughs> wow, I, like I am guesses. I am stunned, literally stunned to announce what a bargain these postcards are. <laughs> At only three pounds. Wow. All right. They, they sold these for only four ninety-five in US wow. dollars. Wow. <laughs> That's a steal. Nowadays, yeah. that, nowadays, that's the stamp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This I, I would buy these for for four ninety five three yeah. three pounds. Yeah. I would totally get this. That's a bargain yeah. at twice the price. <laughs> Can I say that there is pictures of seven postcards here, but it comes in a set of eight? What do you guys think the eighth picture was? They doubled Ooh. this bad boys up, baby. <laughs> yeah, <too. laughs> Well, looks I'm like hoping Kurgan's it's Connor choking Kurgan, because I, yeah. I want to keep one of those for myself. Well, for the lonely times. Exactly. Uh, They're all lonely times. Answers yeah. on a postcard. Yeah. yeah. Jonathan Melville, you got a lot of great behind-the-scenes images and things like that in connection for your book. If you had to pick one for number lucky number eight, what is it? Um, there's a brilliant photo of Sean Connery eating an apple. Mm. Uh, <laughs> between scenes I think I would have to choose that one it's done Nutritious. and done I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you later if you've not seen it but it's on uh, if you google it you can find it but love it we got yeah, I'd never seen that until the, uh, the other day when it did the rounds on Twitter yeah that's really cool fantastic picture yeah I'm glad that uh, Sean you know he keeps healthy an apple a day those are nice photos. I was, I was looking at those photos. Those are quite. I don't think I see those very often, especially the one of uh, of Connor behind, uh, where he's wearing like the the the, the sheep mm -hmm. skin or whatever. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, anyway, they, they look sort of mm -hmm. unusual. Those photos. They don't. They don't. You don't see them very much these days. I don't think. I think some of them might be based on the on the um, front of house cards. I know. I think I've got a front of house card with. Yeah. Some Lobby, maybe they're just being reduced. Yeah, oh, well. oh, hard to send away. Exclusive Highlander pictures. Ample room was my nickname in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Where I'm broadcasting from, this is my ample room. Yeah, Connor's secret Re reverse ample room. was mine, but I don't know what. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Well, a treasured message. Asked me a treasured message. Wow. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, what the so much room for it? What you wouldn't squander on a, just a basic message? Question uh, though, would, would Connery give permission to reprint his image? Because I know that was an issue with the trading card. So I don't know if, if would they would have done not. that. Well, mm. no, actually. Because well, the, the one for the app with the apple is a, a newspaper. Yeah, uh, a newspaper took the photo. Oh, interesting. So I think they can get away with it because it was unofficial. Yeah, news, yeah. All right. Well, we are, we are uh, the Blood of Kings and and John Mosby are off to a, a quite a tear already. They are up too, but there's still time with this We're third. Like the teeth of this episode. Yeah. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> oh. All right. Now we are moving on to the Lost Prince. These are available oh. first time. What everyone wants to see. Five stunning prints. There were only a thousand of these printed, allegedly. Wow. So, and some pretty interesting images here that may not have uh, all made it into the movie. Yeah. All right, Joe, you're up first on this, mother. Well, all right. So limited we're back edition. Back to U.S. dollars, by the way. Limited edition was actually my nickname in high school. Oh. Uh, Let's see. I know how much these went for on Zbay on Zeiss, so I have to convert from Zeiss to dollars. Um, boy, only a thousand. Five stunning. Not only not just regular prints, but stunning prints. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Immortalized. <laughs> I, I know Grant wants that one with Connor uh, with the apple. <laughs> you know I love that. <laughs> Acid-free archival paper. Wow. See, certificate of authenticity. That adds 10 bucks at least. So definitely. I'm Which gonna go for I'm gonna go for $39.99. Ooh. $39.99. All right, that's a respectable price. Let's see what Eamon comes up with, though. He may disagree. So let's see. These are lost prints. One of them, Connor looks like a Dracula. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's he got very, very Anne Rice photo. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot to analyze, isn't there? Acid yeah. free, archival mm -hmm. paper, stamped certificate. Oh, sharp. a sharp portfolio with closure. The tie closure itself. Uh, Shark yeah. portfolio was my nickname in high school. Oh, we're gonna get through all the nicknames. Oh, when they say sharp. Do they mean like it looks nice, or the edges are like pointy? And you have to be very careful. pointy, like a sword. Yeah. I'm gonna say sixty bucks. Oh yeah, sixty dollars. Wowzers. Yeah, wow. Guys, the limit. These, these are these are lost prints. <laughs> they're not. They're not just like giving these away. Yeah, but you I'm have to sell them in order to actually get them. Yeah. You pay yeah. the money and then you have to go find them. Right? That's right. They give awesome. you a map. Yeah. All right, we're back. We're coming back around to Lee. You're the anchor on this game. What's gonna be? I'm gonna say. I mean, this is on uh, paper instead of uh, standard uh, photo stock. Uh, puts the price up a little bit. You get the. Uh, the certificate and the sharp portfolio with tie closure. Um, I think uh, Eamon was in the right ballpark, but I'm going to go 55. Five. Wow. I got to say, people way overshooting these. <laughs> <laughs> it's 29.99, isn't it? 
The actual retail price, nineteen ninety-five. What? Wow. Even with the, the, the tie closure? Yeah. That's just I'm, limited I'm, edition? I'm just genuinely surprised by that because I've had some of the prints and this is one of the things they come in. And not these, but this alone is pretty good quality and it looks exactly like the one on there. Um, yeah. I would have expected with that packaging, it would have been a lot higher. Mm. If only the marketing team back then could have uh, gone into the future and listened to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, right the though. marketing team has written something great. We're all willing to spend about sixty bucks on these. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got, like, you got a, you got a John, John Polito picture there. Who uh, in a strip yeah. club? I mean, who yeah. doesn't want that? Yeah. I should have got one of the guys who who did that blurb to write that for my book i could have charged <laughs> yeah. for my book. <laughs> well your well, your book your book is the lost book so it's it's worth more right i don't know yeah, just yeah. Uh, something that's interesting too i have not seen many color pictures of the young doll kim cut scene they've all been mm. black and white so yeah, that's even in a rarity by itself right yeah, yeah. well it's a handful of them many. yeah, yeah. Nice yeah. For that one that's yeah. nice. He looks like he's dressed as a pilot. Well, that's actually <laughs> there. He is. All right. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Bonus question. And we still have no idea who that is. <laughs> I am obsessed with these images, and this is a bonus round for the our our ringer guests from each team. If you think you know, you can just buzz in by saying your name, but. We are seeing photos here of Young Dal Kim. According to the original script, what was his profession? Lee, security. Mm. Mm. Well, Lee, not one of the ringers, but that is technically correct. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> security guard. Yeah. Unfortunately, you get no points for not following the rules. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I was just well, behind. Man, now I'm the amen of this episode. <laughs> you're so, gonna have to lose. You're gonna have to lose a lot more rounds before we become that buddy. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, uh, Highlander rewatched is in last place right now with zero points, but mm. you can at least know, take solace in knowing that uh, you're not a 1400 year old immortal who works as a night security guard. So <laughs> you are ahead of I the birds. <laughs> All right. Well, we are moving into our second round, which will actually test a bit more your knowledge of the original film. Mm. What We're film is this? Oh, uh, Highlander. Uh, oh, that oh. one. I think we should just give all the points to Jonathan straight away. I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> and he literally wrote the book. He yeah, but keep in keep in mind, he may not be able to remember it all. Remember. Mm. Yeah. That's true. I got someone else to write to. I, it's you know, just <laughs> <laughs> so, this this is round two. I'm calling it Person Tunes Nash. I am going Ooh. to be playing you clips on silent. No, no sound will you hear. But there will be a song playing in the background. All right. If you think you know, and again, I'll call one rep from each team. You will say your name to buzz in, and then guess the song that is playing in the background. That makes sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. yes sir. Hey, if it doesn't, we'll all uh, suffer together. <laughs> <laughs> so let's make sure this thing loads. 
would be nice. All right. We are hit and play. Let's do this thing. Remember, you are trying to tell me what song is playing right now. We are no, New York, Lee. New York, New York. Kevin Lee. Who's the reps? Yeah, we announced the reps. But let's pause. Let's pause. We're doing. You, you join in on this one. So, Jonathan, we'll say you buzzed in first on this one, just because there are no rules on this one, apparently. So, what is your guess? What song is playing right now? Are you asking me? Yeah, I thought you said you buzzed in I twice. Did. Yeah, I was just checking. Uh, yeah, give me the price. Huh? That is correct. <laughs> oh, there you go. All right. Uh, so well. All right. This next one's going to be more orderly. We'll do this better next time. That's okay. This one is a demo one. Okay. You know, do it live. We'll, we're doing it live. We'll all live to fight another day. Sure. All right. Okay. This is the second one, and this one is going to be the ringers. So we'll do John Mosby, Ewan, and uh, Jonathan Melville. You're the only ones who can guess initially on this one. Okay. Thank you. You got to tell me what song is playing in the background during this. It's another cityscape. Ewan. New York, New York. Uh, Ewan is buzzed, buzzed in first. Ewan, yeah. what's your guess? Um, New York, New York, but technically it's the end of uh, A Dozen Red Roses for My Darling. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> so I don't know which to go for. Uh, mm. I'm going to go New York, New York. Well, you're probably smarter than me. What I wrote down was New York, New York. <laughs> so we're going to say that works and gives a, another point to Highlander Hart, who is just dominating this round, in part because of the lawlessness of the first round, but that's okay. <laughs> Don't there worry. Are, I'll, I'll what do we want? Jacob Kell? <laughs> Jacob All Kell? Right. <laughs> and this is mercifully the third and final round of this uh, or question in this round of naming this tune Eamon, Lee, Joe you're going to be up to the plate on this one only you remember to say your name we'll do it we'll do beautiful things Lee Lee one year of love that is correct Ooh. Dang. That is yep. one year of love. Always a ring day without you. I told you I'd screw it up. So, well, good to be consistent. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I work with my strengths. I'm just saying. So, all right. Well, that game went exactly as planned. There were no hiccups. Everything went great. <laughs> the Highlander uh, two of games, <laughs> which is. Which I like to think just means we all had a lot of fun, even though it was deeply flawed. Uh, <laughs> we don't know what's going on. What's up, Reno? As it stands right now, we have a tie between Highlander Heart and Blood of Kings at three each. Highlander rewatched, I don't even know what's going on. I, I'm going to assume I'm punishing you in some way. <laughs> it's because you're not on our team. You're not playing, man. I know. You gave a, right. these two dummies the... the... <laughs> That's right. We're complete idiots. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, this one I think will go smoother because it involves no technology. There you no go. technology. This is the third and final round. <laughs> There's going to be three more questions. We're going to play a game called 
um, actually, I'm going to read a statement. Something in this statement is going to be wrong. It's, spoiler alert, it's probably going to be something really subtle and pedantic. At any point, when you think you know which one it is, uh, you will go, um, actually, and you will correct the incorrect statement. Uh, you don't have to wait for me to finish. You can jump in whenever it is you think you know. But again, to have an orderly process, we'll do one person from each team, uh, just so I don't lose my mind. So <laughs> <laughs> on this first one, why don't we actually circle back with Eamon, Lee, and Joe. You're going to be up first on this one. Remember, you're listening for the thing that I say that is incorrect. Let's do it. For their date, Connor brings two gifts to Brenda's apartment. Brandy, bottled in 1783, which, which Connor says it was a, was a very good year because Mozart wrote his great mass. The Montgolfier brothers went up in their first balloon and England recognized the independence of the United States. His second gift is a copy of Brenda's book titled a metallurgical history of sword making. Ooh, do we need it again? Let's hear. Let's hear it again, baby. Yeah, yeah. All right, we can open it up now to the rest of the team members because Ooh. we've already uh, we've already failed on the first round. So, <laughs> but wait for me to call on you before giving the answer. <laughs> for their date, Connor brings two gifts to Brenda's apartment. Brandy, bottled in 1783, which Connor says was a very good year because Mozart wrote his great mass, Montgolfier brothers went up in their first balloon, and England recognized the... Um, actually... Oh, who's just buzzed in? Lee. Lee. Uh, um, actually, he didn't say it was a very good year. He does. Actually, he does. He does, in fact, say it was a very good year. Ooh. I'm actually. Was it the Wright brothers? No, that was later, wasn't it? Ah, yeah. Obviously, the Wright brothers. No, I, I, I can't no. promise I said it right, but it is the Montgolfier right. brothers sending up their first balloon. Montgolfier. And England recognized the independence of the United States. His second gift is a copy of Brenda's book titled "A Metallurgical History of Sword Making." Mm. I, I'm going to take a shot. Um, actually, the uh, the um, England recognizing the United States not in 1778. Well, the year is 1783, so you're 1783, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. but uh, nope, that so. is indeed what he says. Okay, uh, I'm gonna. Mm. It wasn't really a date. It was just a getting together. <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> forward and oh, no, is it is is it not Mozart? Isn't it Beethoven? Nope, it is also Mozart. Uh, as stated, at least in the book. So far, though, the date thing is the best answer we've gotten. So <laughs> I, I'm I'm actually I'm actually, I'm actually well, well, you go, uh, Ewan, go for it. You know the reference. It's the, uh, I think it's the title of the book, but I can't remember what it actually is. So, is it just the history of sword making? Angel well, sword making. Nope. What's that? Uh, so, you are correct that the thing that is wrong is the title of the book. 
So unless someone can give me the actual title of the book, <laughs> Lee? get the point. Wow. Lee. A Metallurgical uh, History of Sword Making in the Ancient World. That is not correct. All right. I'm, wow. I'm, I'm calling it. Ewan, you are correct. It is actually a metallurgical history of ancient. Uh, oh. Oh. Wow. Subtle. Subtle. I told we you all pedantic. Suck. We're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now I understand the game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> None of us are true fans. Oh. <laughs> we're, we're, all, we're, the we're all going to get we're all going to get emails. Lee, we've just recorded our last podcast, sir. <laughs> right. <laughs> no one's going to listen to us now. Just, of I'm going to have to trade in my laser discs. Yeah. <laughs> Even though you got the point on that, you uh, you in fact have vaulted Highlander Hart into the lead. So, Ooh. I mean, I did say ancient in mine, but he was closer. <laughs> <laughs> so, second, this is the second question, and we will put this to our uh, initially. We'll put this to our illustrious ringers, uh, and if if things go poorly, we'll reopen it to the group. So, question the second. The life of an immortal is full of danger, and you never know when you might meet up with another immortal. For example, during a wrestling match of the fabulous Freebirds, who were inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2016 and are sometimes credited as being the first wrestlers with entrance music, Connor ends up in a duel with his life on level F of, Madis of the Madison Square Garden parking garage. Uh, actually, it's not level F. It's level E. It is, in fact, level F. Oh, wow. <laughs> Actually, you did say 2016 for the Freebirds being um, put into the Hall of Fame, wherever it was. Into the WWE Hall of Fame? Surely yeah, that's just... external to the film, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I... I was thinking if we're if we're thinking about it in the time of the film, then 2016 is obviously the future. But maybe that's not it then. So no, they were in fact inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2016. That mm. is a true fact. Uh, Good for them. People can I'm jump back in again. Birds. You're not like one and done on this bad boy. Uh, anyway, Connor ends up in a duel for his life on level F of the Madison Square Garden. I'm actually. He doesn't enter the duel. He goes into the basement for the, for the car park for the duel. Well, that's the ends up in a duel for his life on level F of Madison Square. Right. I thought you meant it was on level F, which is the higher up part. Uh, the fight does take place on level F. Oh, dear. Uh, of right. the parking garage, not <laughs> Madison Square Garden. Uh, against Iman Fasil. It's not all bad, though, as Connor later meets up with his old friend, Sunda Castagir, on Bow Bridge in Prospect Park. The reunion doesn't... Um, actually, uh, actually... Well, uh, I think, John, you are technically the one who said it, who is in this round yeah. still. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to say it's, you jumped in first. It's Central Park. That is correct. It is Bow Bridge, oh. Central Park, not Prospect Park. That is where the scene later with the zoo takes mm -hmm. ah. is in nice. prospect. You and I, John, right there, right there. 
<laughs> I, I hate to say this, but this last question actually does come down to all the marbles. Uh, it is currently 4-4 Highlander Part versus Blood of Kings with Highlander rewatched at, at zero. Goose up. <laughs> I can kick back this round. This will be easy. No okay. pressure. <laughs> so I, I think you actually have a lot riding on this for pride, but that's just me. I don't know. Should we just no, no let pride. them answer so we have a, a tie and then... <laughs> <laughs> and the illustrious representatives for initially for this round uh will be keith grant and kevin so first, first round you're uh trying to jump in on this ready to ready for it mm -hmm. i'm ready mind body let's do it key 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 after investigating a sword fragment in the Madison Square Garden parking garage, Brenda goes to a bar and orders, quote, the usual and lots of it. Connor joins shortly thereafter and orders his own drink, quote, a Glenmorangie on the rocks. After they order, Connor- uh, I'm actually, ah, oh, go on. Uh, I'm, it's close. I'm gonna give it to Keith just for the pride, but let's yeah, yeah, see. Yeah. No, Keith was in first. Uh, he orders his drink, which is a double. Yes, Glen Marangi on the rocks. Double Glen Marangi. Really? All right, not a single. Well he gets it on the booze one. That's right. I get it on the booze yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> which means that we still end in a tie between Highlander Heart and Blood of Kings, but Highlander Rewatched does not get you. <laughs> <laughs> those, those are good questions, Kyle. Yeah. Those are good. I like that. <laughs> those are tough, that baby. how you play on a, Um Actually and two other weird games. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to say other than Highlander Heart, Blood of Kings. You're going to have to share the respect that you would have earned from, from winning this game outright. We can share. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much to our special guests for yes. joining us. Uh, if you want to just tell people quickly where people can find you and what you're up to, uh, I'm sure people would love to hear it. Uh, you know, John, you were part of one of the two winning teams. So why don't you go first, Mr. John Bosby? Uh, I'm uh, There Goes the Day on Twitter. Uh, Echo Chamber Online uh, is my regular review site. And you can find me on Facebook as just plain old me, where I will be touting one of two fantastic books. Jonathan Melville has the other fantastic book. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm around, I get around. <laughs> I'd love to hear it. We might as well take that to throw it off to the other author in the chat. Mr. Melville, where can people find you? Um, yes, you can find me on Twitter at John, J-O-N underscore Melville, um, talking about Highlander and things like that. Um, and yeah, I've obviously got this book, uh, and as as the other John, you have to be called John to write a book about Highlander. So <laughs> that, that can be only John's. <laughs> Ooh, it's it's well, in the bylaws. Uh, people should not infer anything about the books from the game performances here today. <laughs> no, no. The facts, <laughs> facts are much better in the book than. than my book, so. uh, but thanks but, for inviting me on. It's been great fun. Yeah. And then, Ewan, where can people find you and what you are up to? Um, yeah, you can usually find me on uh, Twitter, uh, Laserdisc Turtle, uh, where I talk, talk about all things Laserdisc, Highlander, video formats, and nerdy stuff. Good and, uh, 
it's fair to say that the phrase there can be only one was not about laser discs sadly not it had a good run <laughs> from like the 70s to the early 2000s but it was never in the limelight sadly but we have a love for all of you thank you so much for joining us and for lending your uh talents and prestige to these dumb games <laughs> we appreciate it Great job to the Blood of Kings and Highlander Heart uh, show uh, who uh, creamed us. We, we didn't do a good job on the, uh, the Highlander Rewatch podcast. <laughs> Did we get one because we know more and we're smarter. Yeah, we yeah. got one well, one question yeah. right. So it's okay. We, we've only been doing this for five years. Uh, but we want to thank yeah. everybody for playing. And of course, the ringers, John Mosby, Jonathan Melville, and Ewan McNulty for joining us. And if you haven't picked up a copy of their books, make sure you go pick them up now. Uh, it'd be great. Uh, speaking of, there are two additional um, prizes uh, to join the prize pack to celebrate the Highlander 35th anniversary. Uh, we have a copy of Jonathan Melville's book, and also a copy of Fearful Symmetry, John Mosby's book. So those are available to a lucky winner. But that's not all. We still have one more ultimate Highlander prize in store for you. Advertised in one of the earliest Highlander store catalogs in 1995, this prototype of Ramirez's Masamune Katana was never mass produced. In fact, many Highlander fans pre-ordered the sword based on the catalog prototype image, but ended up receiving the Marto version used in Highlander Endgame instead. We have got to say, this version is a lot cooler. Now, 26 years later, one lucky fan will receive the only reproduction of the prototype Ramirez Masamune in existence, which was graciously donated by Davis Panzer Productions in celebration of Highlander's 35th anniversary. This is the ultimate Highlander prize for the ultimate Highlander fan. So make sure you enter the contest to be in the running for this beautiful sword, because as the saying goes, there can be only one. Um, so we should talk about how you can win this prize pack. It's not going to be hard. So all you have to do is just click that share button. This uh, video is being hosted by the official Highlander uh, Facebook page. Uh, make sure you share this post publicly. Uh, so adjust your settings when you click share so we can all see who's sharing it. And everyone has one week from the day this episode airs. So it's April 4th right now. The contest deadline is April 11th at midnight. So all you have to do is share this video to your uh, profile and make sure to share the Highlander love, get everybody out there uh, checking out these shows uh, and getting into the Highlander spirit. Uh, and then we're going to announce the winner one week after that on April 18th via a Facebook post. Uh, so make sure you uh, share this post. Uh, I was going to say as many times as you want, but it doesn't really matter. Your name only gets entered once, uh, but share it a million <laughs> times. Share it with everybody. Share it to your with your your parents, your grandparents, your pet. They'll love it. They'll love this show. Uh, <laughs> your grandma, your uncle, your neighbor. Yes. Yeah. Your mm -hmm. green grocer. They'll all love it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, I want to thank everybody uh, for joining us. Uh, why don't we go around the horn and uh, you can tell us a little bit about your show. Give us a plug uh, and tell people uh, how they can find you if this is their first time uh, encountering any of these shows. Yeah, my name's Kevin. I'm with uh, Lee here. We're the host of Bloody Kings, a Highlander podcast. And uh, you can find uh, Bloody Kings on uh, the Fandom Podcast Network master feed at fpnet.podbean.com. Fandom Podcast Network is also on uh, um, YouTube. But uh, if you want to find Bloody Kings directly, you can find us both on Twitter and Instagram. And please check out our Facebook page. We got Bloody Kings, a Highlander fandom group. Awesome. Uh, we are hung to heart. We basically just search that on YouTube um, and uh, we might turn up, hopefully. Well. <laughs> you don't turn up if you search Highlander podcast. I found that out. Um, so, 
yeah look for us on youtube uh, you'll find us there and on facebook as well just tap high on the heart in and uh yeah you should find us and uh click join and we will welcome you with open arms yes cool kyle and raymond do you want to talk about highland rewatched sure so we are available on all of your podcasting platforms, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts. That's a thing, right? Um, we is. are on yeah, we are on Twitter at the Rewatchers. Uh, we are on Facebook at the Highlander Rewatched Facebook group. Uh, we are on Instagram as Highlander Rewatched. And uh, am I missing? Yeah, I think that's it. I think I you think listed that's them all. Yeah. <laughs> Hell of a thing you did. Find yep. us everywhere. Highlander rewatched. We'd love to uh, have you take a listen. Yeah. Yeah. Federal Registry at Target, right? Yep. Target. <laughs> Well, thank you again, uh, everybody who's watching or listening out there for joining us uh, and celebrating uh, our favorite movie, I guess, of probably all time. Right? I think everyone can agree to that, right? Let's all agree to that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We want to thank everybody uh, for listening and watching along with us. Uh, we are Highlander Rewatched. And we are Highlander Hot. And we are Blood of Kings with special guest John Mosby. That sensation you are feeling is a quickening. Hold fast and don't lose your head. Bye. 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 Bye.